Hi, this is Dr. Bill Renner. I myself am in board certified in internal medicine and radiology. I'm honored to moderate a series of podcasts on evidence-based medicine and wellness with Dr. Alan Safdie. Dr. Safdie has lectured around the world and was the principal investigator in about 300 clinical studies and co-investigator in about 900 clinical studies. Uh, today, Alan, let's talk about COVID-19 vaccine because I'm, I'm getting a lot of questions about that. Let's talk about the allergic reactions. Should the average person be worried about an allergic reaction? It's a good question, Bill, and it's one that we've been following uh, ever since initially the Pfizer-BioNTech uh, COVID-19 vaccine came out. And, and we do have data, very good data in regards to that vaccine. Uh, and we estimate about 11.1 cases of anaphylaxis, meaning pretty severe reaction where you can't breathe or it's difficult to breathe. And that's 11.1 cases per every million doses of that vaccine administered. And, and it's allergic reaction that people can have if it's exposure to anything. It could be penicillin. It could be snake venom. It could be a particular food. It can be people with allergies to peanuts and things. Um, and the symptoms that we really worry about are difficulty breathing, difficulty swallowing, facial swelling, and a very rapid heartbeat. But it's very rare. It's very consistent uh, with allergic reactions we see with other vaccines. Um, has know, anyone died? Has anyone died from one of these allergic reactions? No, it, 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 not that I know of. Um, you know, all the adverse events that have been reported. Um, we have a vaccine adverse event reporting system called it's abbreviated V-A-E-R-S. Um, we don't know of any deaths. If most of these patients were treated as an outpatient, the majority of them. Um, of the initial ones, and I know of the initial ones, 21 patients who had anaphylaxis, four were hospitalized, um, and 17 of the patients took place in an emergency department and ended up going home. It is a significant reaction, so you, you, but you need to be in a place that people have experience treating these kind of reactions. Uh, but it's no more common than any of the other vaccines that we've seen. Um, and of the 21 individuals, and we've been able to look back at their histories, 81% uh, of them had documented history of allergies. Um, and seven of them, 33%, experienced anaphylaxis in the past. So who's at greater risk are people that had previous reactions. All right. Now, what about some minor reactions to the vaccine? You know, that's a good question. And th this is a little bit more common. Uh, again, not frequent. Um, and over the same period we can look at, there was about 83 cases of mild or allergic reactions to the vaccine. Uh, they don't qualify for the criteria we use for anaphylaxis more what they were described as more of a rash or itchy and scratchy sensation in the throat, mild respiratory symptoms, not, you know, tremendous difficulty breathing, rash, you know, itchy skin. Um, you know, those are the kind of mild reactions that we've seen. Um, even my wife's had a mild reactions to a flu vaccine at one point and a pneumonia vaccine at one point. Did she get, um, because she works in the clinic, did she get um, this vaccine, yes. Did she have any problems with it? No, absolutely none. Um, and, and those we treated basically with antihistamines um, and, you know, H1 antagonists, H2 antagonists, but, you know, those were local mild reactions that we can see. 
And now people are complaining that after they get the first shot and even more commonly the second shot with Moderna and Pfizer that they're they're having flu-like symptoms. Uh, is, is that true? And and can you take Tylenol for that? And how serious are those? Yeah, I mean, we'll discuss the Tylenol in a second because that's a great question. Um, those I'd be upset if I didn't have mild reactions. Let me put it that way. Um, that's an immune response. After my second vaccine, which I have not had yet, um, I get that in 10 days. Um, yeah, let me say, I have had my second dose. Um, I, after my first dose, I felt nothing. I didn't even have any pain in my shoulder. I was really very concerned that I wasn't having any kind of re- immune response at all to the vaccine. And then with my second dose, my shoulder ached. And then the next day, my shoulder ached even more. Not not a lot, but I was aware of it and it was sore. And then I was just a little nauseated. Um, for about two or three hours. Now, it didn't stop me from having dinner. So I wasn't that severely nauseated. I said to my wife, you know, should I have dinner? I said, I feel a little nauseated. She said, well, you know, I made this special dinner. So just have a bite. So I just, I just had a couple bites. Uh, I didn't have a, you know, a full dinner. I just had a couple bites. Uh, but, um, well, you know, that faded after just a few hours. The next day I was, I was back to normal. So, um, the, the people who I understand have the most reactions are people who have had COVID. Is that correct, Alan? Well, you know, let's step back a little bit. Um, you know, what these vaccines, the two we're, we're talking about right now um, in regards to Moderna and Pfizer, uh, not um, the European Union just authorizing, which was just actually happened. Uh, the European Union authorized a new vaccine. Uh, from AstraZeneca. So they have a third COVID-19 vaccine authorized in the EU. Um, But these two vaccines, what they are is they contain messenger RNA vaccines. It contains genetic material, instructs the cells to make a really harmless piece of the virus. Uh, So you're not making the virus. You're not going to get the virus from that. There's little spike proteins you will have an immune response to. That's why you feel a little bit bad. That's why your arm gets a little bit sore. Those virus, that injection goes into the muscle. It goes into the cytoplasm, not into the nucleus. It's not changing anything in the nucleus. And it's making these little pieces of these virus spike proteins, and then you get an immune response. That's why, you know, later in the day and the next day, you might feel a little bit bad. Uh, I was happy after my first vaccine that I felt a little bit bad because I'm having an immune response to those. Uh, so, and you might have more of an immune response to the second one because you've instructed your own immune system how to react to these. Uh, so it is something that we don't think is a bad thing. Can you take Tylenol? You know, we worry a little bit about people taking things that suppress the immune system, anti-inflammatory type drugs, whether it be steroids, whether it be anti-inflammatory, always ask your physicians, um, whether you can take these, I do not take Advil, Nuprin, Metaprin, Aleve, any of the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, because we're really not sure, you know, will they suppress the immune system at all? I don't think they will. Uh, would I take a single Tylenol if I needed to? Yes, I would. But there's some people that say maybe even acetaminophen shouldn't be taken because you really want this full-blown immune response. Um, so of the whole class, I might take acetaminophen. Uh, which is uh, the constituent chemical in Tylenol. 
Um, but I try not to, and I don't take non-steroid anti-inflammatory drugs after having that vaccine or almost any vaccine. Now, what about the reactions of people who've had COVID that later um, take the vaccine? They may get more of a significant uh, response. Same thing as your second vaccine. Um, you know, your first one, you had almost no response. Um, I had a mild response to it. The second one, I'm expecting more of a pronounced response. Their immune system is already tuned up. They have these T cells that remember this. Uh, so they may get more of a milder response. Uh, we don't have any evidence yet, but it's really early in the game. Every week we're learning something new. And sometimes what we thought previously is not um, what we said the week before. So always listen to us for regular updates and always ask your family physician about symptomatology, um, about what you should be doing after the vaccine, you know, get their recommendations. But they may have more of, you know, an adverse event profile than people that hadn't. Should they get it? Absolutely. We recommend that they get it. People can get COVID-19 twice. There are false positives in previous, vac um, previous tests that we had. So maybe they never even had COVID-19 because uh, they might have had a false positive test, not a false negative, but a false positive. We thought they had COVID-19 and they didn't. So we are recommending follow-up vaccines for people that even had COVID-19. Uh, we're not checking antibody tests prior to them getting vaccinated. Yes, uh, I was uh, uh, talked to some uh, medical students who recently, um, uh, three of them uh, received, uh, uh, had a positive COVID test after working on the wards and uh, had very mild cases of COVID. Uh, they waited 45 days uh, and then they had their COVID shot. Um, after their uh, COVID shot, they had uh, not a severe reaction, but a uh, a somewhat profound reaction of a fever up to 102, kind of some shaking chills, uh, feeling bad uh, for about uh, 24 hours. And after that, it just entirely went away. So the only people that I've heard of who've had relatively uh, more significant reactions after the shot are people who are positive uh, for COVID, who've already had COVID, uh, which to me makes a lot of sense because you would expect them to have uh, the most reaction to it. They were all very happy. They're medical students and they're not going to have to go back into the wards and take care of COVID patients again. And they were all very happy to get the vaccine. No, no one uh, even uh, complained about uh, the uh, minor problems uh, with the vaccine. Um, Alan, how soon after you've had COVID, um, a documented co case, say, you're COVID positive, um, should you wait before you have the vaccine? You know, this is going to change. Um, we don't have great data on this because we don't have enough of these patients that have had this vaccine. Uh, right now, we're looking at at least a month later. Um, and I wouldn't take two vaccines at the same time. I wouldn't go in and get an influenza vaccine. Uh, this is more of a common phenomenon where people go in. I had a patient that went in, just had his um, 13 antigen uh, pneumonia shot. So there's 13 and there's 23. And he said, well, now I'm going to go next week and get um, my COVID um, vaccine. I said, no, you probably shouldn't. You want your immune system to actually be able to react to these spike proteins, not have two different things it's reacting to at the same time. We didn't study people getting two vaccines at the same time. We didn't study people with active COVID getting vaccinated. 
Um, so at least a month later, um, and maybe even a little bit longer. Uh, if we knew who they were, we might even wait a little bit longer than that. Um, you know, some people have said two months. So it's, you know, but that's going to change. You know, that that's something we don't have a hard and fast rule. So in our next talk, we're, we're going to address a lot of the COVID myths. Um, so we're going to discuss all the different COVID myths that have been perpetuated. Um, all right. Uh, and that's, that's a great topic because I know it, there's a lot of vaccine hesitancy out there. And and uh, that's something that uh, we really try to, we need to get down to the actual information about the vaccine. So if you like our podcast, uh, Evidence-Based Medicine, if you like our uh, podcast on evidence-based medicine, please subscribe to our channel. Please tell your friends about it. Alan, thank you. And I'm lo looking forward to our next, our next discussion, more on COVID myths. Thank you, Bill. Thank you.